All right, greetings. Welcome back in. It's Better's Last Stand show number 69 coming to you from the Pine Room Studios downtown Wheeling adjacent to our friends at the Watchdog. Uh, lots going on down here at the Pine Room Studios. Uh, we have uh, multiple events on the docket, multiple shows, features, all kinds of stuff in the works. So be sure and follow everything at the Pine Room Studios on our YouTube channel as well as anywhere you get your podcast. Spotify, Amazon, Apple, you name it, we're on it. Uh, check it all out. We appreciate all the support. It's new stuff dropping every day. Job doing a wonderful job as always. Soup continues to pound the pavement, getting us uh, exotic guests and things like that. Coach is beginning his new baseball show. They started it today down at the WVU Complex with Coach Maisie. I uh, don't have all the details on that, but those guys went down there for the day. So good stuff ahead for us. Better's last stand. Cranking up. We got Lunch Madness taking off here in about a little bit less than a month now uh, on the radio. So check us out on the Watchdog three days a week, Monday 2 to 3, Tuesday and Friday 12 to 3 on all your WKKX Watchdog affiliates uh, or the thewatchdognetwork.com is where you want to go for your streaming. Uh, be sure and check it out. We got really, really good stuff on there. Really uh, loaded card of guests that we have uh, day in and day out on the show. It's uh, just, you know, it's a joy to be a part of the team. And uh, we're hoping that we're pulling our weight and continue to provide great content for people and a lot of information, too. We don't just, yeah, we're silly. We like to have fun, but we also like to give you some serious things, too, and some learning stuff, you know, knowledge. I think knowledge is really important. You want to try to learn as much as you can about whatever it is that you're interested in. You can never know enough. You can never know everything. And uh, I urge you to explore, you know, yearn, and uh, strive to learn more. And we're going to try to learn more here today as we talk a little sports betting. I'm flying solo today, as you can see. Chris and Coach, otherwise compromised. They have other things going on at this time of the year. Uh, and then Sam will not be making it today either. He just messaged me and said he is unable to make it today. He has to work late. So, unfortunately, our real jobs come before this kind of stuff. And uh, that's not fun. But, you know, that's life. Uh, although my job isn't too, too bad. It's kind of fun in its own right from time to time. All right, so welcome in, Better's Last Dance, show 69. Uh, was not a great week for us last week, definitely not. Uh, my, my entire portfolio hinged on Washington on Monday night in the college football championship game. It was going to be make or break for me. I had a, some really big future tickets. Uh, would have been a very lucrative night for me. It did not turn out well. And uh, starting out of the gate right now, uh, I'll just tell you, you know, it, it was. It, I want to say it's a bad beat because this is not, but it, it's, it was unfortunate because I could never get in a position where I felt like I wanted to to uh, I wanted to try to, to get a spot where I could buy it on Michigan at probably a plus price. I was hoping really really badly that Washington would score first in that game and, and, and get me a chance to get Michigan back on the plus money line uh, in the game, which would have been very helpful. I couldn't ever find them below one eighty five to start, and uh, I I didn't I wasn't going to try to try to roll the dice on that when I really felt confident about the game. Um, Michigan proved to be the better team. The, the line play is just too much to overcome. And uh, as we talked about on the radio the other day, it's just when a team dominates the offensive-defensive lines, uh, it just makes up for so many other things. The quarterback doesn't have to be great. They don't have to do everything perfect. But Michigan just out-physical, out-everything. Washington, Washington was – uh, definitely not good in the game. They looked awful. They looked scared. They looked uh, just too too big. The spotlight was too big for them. Uh, you know, and that happens. These college athletes. Uh, Michael Penix, a little bit of stock down. Still think he's a good player, but uh, definitely not thinking teams are going to waste the first-round pick on him. But then again, there's so many bad quarterbacks in the NFL. Maybe you'll see that happen anyway. So we can only speculate there. We'll talk plenty of NFL coming up in the show. We've got some Australian Open talk as that begins on Sunday, which I'm very excited about. Golf. Our week, our second week of golf action, and they stay out in uh, Hawaii this week, uh, the Sony Open. So we got lots of good things to talk about, and of course the NFL, as I mentioned. But let's wrap up uh, what we did last week. Down two units overall on the week. Sam, Sam saved us a lot. Uh, he had some good opinions in the NFL last week, so that that was uh, pretty pretty big for us. We're up over twenty though the last five weeks. So you know, last five and a half weeks, probably about six. If you stretch it out there. So, yeah, around 20, up about 22 units, 21 units. So, 
Again, not terrible if you're just doing it in monthly quarters. We're doing still pretty well. It was not a great week for us, but we didn't get dead and we didn't go dead and buried. We didn't get dead, get get dead or go dead. I don't know. I don't think either one of those works. But we didn't die and get buried. Let's go with that. Uh, we were awful in our NFL futures. I graded the rest of those this year. Although I I was actually above 500 somehow. I don't know how. Uh, I was six and three. We were 12 and 20 overall. Coach four and eight. Chris two and nine. Uh, just abysmal uh, as a group. So. Uh, definitely not our best. Uh, hopefully you didn't play all those. Hopefully you had strong opinions against some of the ones that we had. Uh, but that's how it goes sometimes. Sam, as I said, he had a good one last week with C.J. Stroud. Easy over one and a half touchdowns. Scored on, I think, his thir- first throw of the game was a touchdown. So that was a pretty good one. He had the Lions. He had the Raiders. He was up about two and a half units last week. So good stuff out of him. He kept us uh, from really, really sinking because I didn't do very well. Uh, Coach, no plays last week. Chris, no plays last week. I was down about four and a half units. Uh, my best bet was was a loser. Uh, I was six and six in the NFL, and the Washington went hurt. I had about five bets on Washington, all different ways, plus the futures. So everything I gave you on Washington, uh, hopefully you had them to at least make the championship that we talked about that months ago. Uh, hopefully you took a shot with that, at least got a little bit back on in that regard. Uh, but yeah, best bets on the year: sixteen and eleven for me. Coach six and fifteen, and Chris eleven six and one. Those guys have been out of action for a while. Uh, yeah, wrapping up college football for the year: uh, the national championship in the books. Michigan, much the best. Now you got to figure out where Jim Harbaugh is going to go. Um, so curious to see how that goes. We got a twelve-team playoff next year, which is really going to make things interesting. Because I really can't say, and I don't, I'm not trying to take anything away from Michigan. I have no, nothing but respect for them, uh, but. I'm not certain that they would have been able to beat Georgia if they had they matched up with them. But that's the thing about it. Even if it's a 14 playoff or 12 team playoff, it doesn't always mean that you're going to get to match up with that team that might be better than you. So Michigan did everything they're supposed to do. They won every game they're supposed to win. And uh, nothing but credit to them and Coach Harbaugh. Uh, I think that he is a real difference maker. Uh, I thought defensively, uh, Washington looked like deer in the headlights on offense um, in that game. Now, they had chances. They had chances they didn't convert. In uh, Michigan, Just they, they just they play like an NFL team. So maybe not the, the most skillful players, but they got guys that play in the system the right way, and they do things uh, just so well uh, on both sides of the ball, especially in the physicality of the game and blocking, and just all their schemes are just really smart and advanced, it seems like, for college football. So... Uh, Harbaugh is a, is a great coach. Uh, he's going to be a great coach in the NFL, which he's been before. He's going to be a great coach in uh, Mich- if Michigan, if he stays in Michigan, at Michigan, if he stays in Michigan. Um, he's obviously not going to go anywhere other than Michigan and from a college perspective. At least I'd be stunned if that would happen, but um, you never know, I guess, these days. Uh, yeah, so college football in the books officially. Uh, we will talk about it you know, next fall. I'm sure we'll have some things here and there. Uh, we'll obviously keep you posted on the hardball and some of the other things. Uh, odds to win next year's championship right now: Georgia four to one, Alabama six to one, Ohio State eight to one, Texas nine to one, and I believe Michigan was around ten to one at most places. Um, that's probably a little bit high, uh, only because they don't know about hardball. So I would expect them to be down around eight or seven. But uh, with the hardball news, you just don't know, know what's going to uh, occur there. So I'm assuming the, the gentleman that filled in for him. Don't remember his name, but uh, he I figure he would be the front runner if if Jim were to leave. So anyway, it was a good season of college football. Um, our college football futures were pretty good. 17, 10, and 1 on the season, up over six units. And uh, I think overall we did pretty decently week in, week out. Our best bets weren't the best, but they weren't terrible either. And I'm um, anxious to see how it will turn out next year with 12 teams, especially playing playoff games on campus sites. I think that's going to be a really really cool effect as I forgot to turn these top lights on right here. So bear with me momentarily here as we get a little bit, uh, let's see here. There we go. Get a little more brightness in the room for us here. Pine room studios. We were re roll on here. Better's last stand show number 69. All right, let's jump over to hockey here real quick. Uh, penguins bounce back, beat the flowers the other night. That was on Monday as well. If you're watching that during the game, like I was, I uh, actually enjoyed that a little bit more than the football game, but, uh, penguins back in the wing column. They're a little bit up and down. You just don't know what to expect. Got Vancouver next. Uh, just the team, just, I don't know. They're the oldest team in pro sports and it's starting to show. And, uh, I think the Jelkovic has got to be the goalie right now. Uh, Jari's just been terrible. Can't, can't get with him anymore. You can't rely on him. 
But goals, here we go. Goal in the first 10 minutes. Ottawa, 26 and 10. Minnesota, 28 and 11. Tampa, 29 and 12. And in the last 10, Detroit, Calgary, and Ottawa, all 8 and 2. Goal in the first 10 minutes. Yes, that is really good stuff there. Ottawa are on a 15 and 1 run on the road right now. So that's I think that's probably their all their road games this season. Because that'd be about right. They played about mid 30. So yeah. So they probably, if not, it's pretty close to. So 15 and 1 run right now for them. Goal in the first 10, yes, for Ottawa. So if you're seeing Ottawa, it's almost an auto play right now. Their their uh, first period over numbers are really good, and their goal in the first 10 are really, really good. No goals in the first 10. Winnipeg. And Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Jets right now, playing about as good a hockey as you could ever have. Now, I was a little late or a little early on them, actually. Uh, had them, I think, I want to say two years ago, and then a little bit last year. I got off them and went to the Kings for my Western Conference pick last year, but I think I was on the Jets two years ago before we started even doing the show. Um, I jumped on the Winnipeg bandwagon, but now they've figured out some things here. Uh, I don't know what they've done, but they, they've really, really solidified their back line. Their style is just in sync. Every guy in the, on the roster is really, really focused and dialed in, and uh, it's, uh, it's really impressive to see. So the Winnipeg Jets right now, they're dominating. They're just dominating teams. I'm not saying they're winning every game, but they're keeping every game winnable for them. So Winnipeg right now has played 30 straight games where they've held their opponents under three goals, three, two, three goals or less, which is incredible. That's 30 straight games where their opponent has not scored more than three on them. Uh, they have the best record in the NHL right now, and they're playing really, really well. And, uh, you know, they're they're fun to watch, and they're a team that you you really you look at them and you're like, you know, this roster's pretty good. They got some guys that can score. They got some good two-way players. So, yeah, they're worth a, a look going forward as we, uh, you know, you probably don't want to play them right now because they're probably going to be about as low as odds as they're going to get unless you really think they're going to rip off, a, a, you know, a lot of – a lot more wins and maybe uh, maybe uh, you know get down a little bit lower, but I would probably keep it going a little bit more on them and just see see what happens. Sometimes you know you get a guy hurt or something, they could take a little slide back, but definitely monitor them and you definitely want to get in on these. They are the one team that I would say you don't want to be messing around with goal in the first ten on them and goal uh, in the first period overs because they play a very good style of defensive hockey and. Uh, they're, they're not giving up a whole lot of goes. So 26-14 to the no, Winnipeg is. That's best in the league. Boston, 23-17 to the no. These are goals in the first 10 minutes. And in the last 10 games, the Bruins are 8-2, no goal in the first 10. Bruins have had a few waves of that where they've been on big runs around 70 and 80% a couple of times during the season. First period overs and unders. These are over or under one and a half goals in period number one overs. Ottawa, 25-11, and 11, as I mentioned. 15-1 run goal in the first 10, 25-11 to the over. So that's definitely a uh, correlation there. So if you can play those, say it every week, <laughs> put them together if you can. Edmonton, 25-12, uh, first period overs. Calgary, 27-14, first period overs. Last 10, Ottawa, 8-2 to the over. Detroit, 8-2 to the over in the first period. Unders, last 10, Winnipeg. As I said, they're an under team. 9-1 to the under in the first period. That means that means there's been one goal or less in every one of their games. Uh even them, even they you know they haven't scored more than the one most of the time. So and, and the one that scored is probably them. So most of the time it's either 0-0 zero, zero or one nothing Winnipeg after one. That's even you want to guess exact scores, it might not be a bad way to look at it. Uh under last 10 as I said Winnipeg 9 and 1, Montreal 7 and 3. NHL uh kind of getting down to about a month out of the, from the All-Star game. And uh, you start to figure out what teams are going to do at the trade deadline, some of the things that maybe teams need. Uh, Edmonton's rolling along really well right now. The Kings are kind of slumping a little bit. Uh, Vancouver playing pretty well. They won last night in, in, on the island, out on Long Island. And they'll come to Pittsburgh tomorrow. So um, there are some decent teams in the Western Conference. i got to tell you, this, this is the best, the deepest the West has been in a while. Because you got Colorado, obviously, um, everybody believes Edmonton can win. I, I'm not really sure they can, but I'll tell you this. They've definitely made improvements since they made the coaching change, and they brought in Paul Coffey to run their power play and coach their defensemen, and it is really paying dividends. Uh, probably, if not the best defenseman ever, uh, he's got to be in the top five. Uh, Paul Coffey's incredible uh, talent in, in, as far as coaching goes, too. Just being able to talk to these guys and understand – a lot of the best guys aren't great coaches, but he is, and uh, I don't think he ever really wanted to be a head coach. But uh, he's doing he's doing wonders for that team with their 
defense core and it's showing and you know that's that's huge because Edmonton is always needed to be a little bit more accountable and better on defense well they are and their power play is going really well right now and they're only missing the goaltending which just seems to be the only thing they ever are missing uh but I'm still not very confident that they can win the cup I said earlier on the show I didn't think a Canadian team would have a prayer this year they would be the only one if they acquire somebody at the deadline a good good netminder and they might have a shot maybe I still don't think they will but uh, maybe because I'm not sure they're still built enough playoff hockey wise, so that is a, you know, a definite question mark. And uh, you know, we'll look at that uh, as time goes on. Uh, but they're the best of the Canadian teams right now. Toronto's got no prayer. Uh, Eastern Conference to me is, uh, I don't really know what to make of it. Florida's playing all right. Carolina's up and down. The Rangers seem to be the you know the cream of the crop right now. Currently, well, when they get the goaltending, they're pretty good. Um, you know, it, it could be a you know deep run for them. Metro Division's tough. There's just too many good teams there. Tampa still hangs around. Uh, Toronto doesn't worry me at all in any regard. So uh, we'll talk plenty more hockey as we we push on. But these uh, period numbers are starting to be uh something that's that's taken the sports betting uh atmosphere by storm kind of it's everybody's wants to get on this stuff uh moving along here uh basketball just touching on this briefly before we take a break uh big 12 is proven to be the best conference right now in college basketball the depth of this league is just outstanding the mountaineers are going to have a trouble winning the game um and and I don't think the Mountaineers are good by any means, but I don't think they're as bad as the, the record's going to be. It's going to be very very ugly for them. If you watch the game against Houston, who actually got beat last night by Iowa State, um, this league is really really good. Not only do you have Kansas and Houston, but you got to deal with Texas and Baylor and Texas Tech, and I mean it just the list just goes on. Even BYU and Cincinnati are playing well. The newcomers, I mean, there's not a whole lot of bottom feeders there. The Mountaineers are probably going to finish last uh no matter what they just they just don't have much uh, but big 12 is is the league you want to be looking at uh if you can find a team out of the big 12 at decent prices i mean even to win the conference uh to, to make it to the final four any of these teams that get in there are going to have a shot i would say uh, it, it is a really strong league quite impressive to watch on a night in night out basis acc just so so uh big 10 a eh, little top heavy for me and then the uh, SEC. SEC's got some dark horse teams, I think, that, as I talked about, Ole Miss, who just got embarrassed the other day. Arkansas, same thing. Those teams, uh, the problem with them is that the inconsistency a little bit and not showing up every night. Um, but they're well coached. I think these teams will improve. Um, and, you know, they come back after their the holiday break. Sometimes it takes a while to get back into sync. But we shall see. SEC, I still think, is a pretty good league because Kentucky is right up there with, uh, you know, Kansas and Houston and some of these Really, really good teams. UConn, Purdue, I just don't see it. They're just not very tough. They lost the other night um, to Nebraska, which I know teams shoot well and they can knock anybody off anytime. So not not too worried about it. But a long way to go in college basketball, and there's so many big price teams that you can take a shot on that could be this year's Florida Atlantic. I mentioned uh, a few of them before with uh, Grand Canyon, one that was coming to mind that we talked about them a few weeks ago. Uh, but there's lots out there. We'll dial into that a little bit more here in the coming weeks once we get through these NFL playoffs and things like that. So, um, it, it's 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 good. College basketball is uh, it's tough though. It's you, you got, it's it's really a grind. It's an every night thing. It's kind of like baseball, and, and there's a lot of good teams uh, that are spread across, which you didn't used to have. Uh, a lot of good teams, very few great teams out there. So, keep an eye on college hoops as we get closer to March NBA. Um, John Moran out for the season, unfortunate injury and a training exercise this weekend with the Grizzlies. They've been playing very well, so we can burn those tickets. Sam and I talked about that a couple of weeks ago, about that we thought maybe uh, Memphis was worth a shot to get in the playoffs, maybe win a playing game, you know, so on and so forth. I think that's probably put to bed now. So uh, best of luck to Jaw. Hopefully, uh, hopefully his shoulder heals up so he can pull out his gun out of his holster. Uh, last night, though, debacle in the NBA. Uh, once again, LeBron James at the center of officiating controversy where he his team was awarded 23 three free throws in the fourth quarter. And the team they were playing, the Toronto Raptors, got two. Uh, now, I'm not the guy who's going to be saying you got to keep balance since I think it's stupid. Some teams just foul more than others. It's, just a, it's a plain fact. Uh, and ironically, that's what LeBron said. But in the NBA, 
you have guys going to the rim and, and drawing contact like I watched some of the Toronto guys going. It was literally the exact same plays. You had Toronto guys going to the rack, getting contact. There was nothing. A Laker guy going with lesser contact than they would call it. There's no question in my mind that those officials that were on that game, which I didn't even get their names and I should have, uh, because they deserve to be put on notice. They're they're definitely fixing these games. There's without question. So if you don't think that's happening, and I'm not saying all the games are, but if you don't think that's happening, take a better look. There's no, there's just not going to happen in an NBA game. We're going to have 23 to two when the teams are playing the exact same style: attack, attack, attack. Toronto, since they made the trade with the Knicks the uh, last week or two weeks ago, they every game that they've played in has went over. So tell me they're not being aggressive. It's not like they're standing out on the perimeter and just shooting threes. They're going to the basket constantly. Their tempo has is, is been upped since they made these trades, uh, since they brought in uh, R.J. Barrett, and uh, I can't remember the other guy they got from the Knicks. But anyway, they're, they're playing their style. It's just not conducive to only having two free throws in the fourth quarter of a one-point game. So Lakers, of course, win. And this is the most, uh, the biggest discrepancy in free throws in an NBA game since, guess what, LeBron. So... I, I'm tired of LeBron being coddled. I'm, t- I'm just sick of him in every regard. It's just it's a travesty what, what he does to the league. He makes the league worse, and uh, just enough is enough. And, and if people have got to stop. I mean, we went through the, the Shaq era where him and Kobe seemed to get every call, and that was frustrating. The Sacramento Kings probably would have won an NBA title had that not happened. But LeBron is an all-time worst. Uh, this, the, this is just blatant cheating, and, uh, you know, there's more Tim Donahue's out there. They're in the NFL. They're in the NBA. They're in college sports. They're everywhere. So just don't ever think that there that people it's it's uh, that people are above cheating because uh, if like they say, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Well, I don't really believe that, but that seems to be what some people live by. And as long as they keep scores in games, people will cheat. There's just no way around it. Whether scores, tests, whatever. If you're talking school, and yeah, there's going to be people cheating out there. So anyway, that's our NBA tidbit for the day. Uh, just outrageous. And if you want to watch an incredible rant, check out the Toronto Raptors head coach and uh, what he had to say after the game. is a very, very detailed and uh, well-said uh, frustration from him. So and he'll probably get fined for it. Uh, which is not right. Anyway, we're going to take a break here. Better's Last Stand segment number one. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little tennis. Aussie Open kicking off the Grand Slam season of tennis uh, down in Australia. And then we got uh, golf, the Sony Open, as well as the NFL wildcard playoffs. It's Better's Last Stand for the Pine Room Studios. We'll be right back. Better's Last Stand is for entertainment purposes only, but who better to listen to than the guys here at the Pine Room? For more picks you might have missed, follow Better's Last Stand and all of Matt's picks on X, formerly Twitter, at BLS underscore PRP. Because just like General Custer, we're in Better's Last Stand. All right, back inside the Pine Room Studios here, Better's Last Stand, show number 69. Be sure and follow us on social media at the Pine Room Studios and BLS underscore PRP on X, Twitter, or X, whatever you prefer. Uh, we post all the pics on there as well as our other social media platforms, but Twitter is the one to go with. I uh, put those up even on off days when there's um, some of those games that fall in between the cracks before the show's released and uh you know the game is played so try to get those up as much as we can sam's picks always put on there as well so keep up with us on bls underscore prp on twitter or x uh let's thank our friends from ic cab here before we get rolling again ic cab serving the ohio valley for all your transportation needs uh let's see they are probably about as busy as any business that I've seen around here in a while, they are just, I mean, it's incredible. They're, they can probably have like 50 more cars, but they're in high demand right now, and it's really great to see. So anyway, oh, IC Cab, our friends at IC Cab, serving the Ohio Valley for all your transportation needs. Corporate transportation and courier services are also available. Arrange your ride today, 304-232-1313 or download the IC Cab app, which is what I swear by. And you won't have to wait in line or uh, worry about the line being busy and so forth. IC Cab app, the way to go. IC Cab always working. So, again, thanks to Phil and all of our friends 
uh, Tate and the guys over at IC Cab for everything they've done for us here in the Pine Room. All right, let's get into tennis. The first Grand Slam of the season beginning in Australia this week. So it's going to be uh, Sunday night for us into Monday over in uh, Melbourne. So uh, I'm excited about this. It's been uh, been a little bit of time since we had tennis, but I'm very, very excited as uh, Liverpool go ahead of Fulham in the Carabao Cup uh, semifinal. Leg number one, uh, I believe Cody Gakbo just scored. Anyway, back to tennis. So tennis beginning this week, really excited about it. Um, the draw is not out yet. So again, as I mentioned, coming into the to this uh, block of the show, check us out on X BLS underscore PRP. I'll have all my finalized stuff on there because I really it's hard for me to pick these quarter winners when I'm not able to see them. So uh, who they're going to be matched up with? So you got to try to foresee that, see about potential matchups, people that have good history against other players. But anyway, we'll get you a little bit of a rundown anyway, regardless as Liverpool now leads 2-1 in the 72nd minute in that matchup. All right, so the men's draw, again, they will draw those, I believe, probably really late our time tonight and tomorrow, like afternoon over there in Australia. So we'll know the brackets tomorrow, which will be very helpful. So I'll put up my stuff uh, probably at least, if not Thursday, uh, then Friday on Twitter. Uh, so, anyway, Novak Djokovic, plus 105 to win this tournament. You could probably find plus 110 in some spots, maybe in some plus 115s. He's the far and away favorite here. He's won this four straight times, um, just dominates these hard courts. Um, he's just he's just spectacular. Uh, I know he's a little bit old now, but, man, he's still good. And other than Alcaraz, who, you know, has proven that he can beat him, but uh, doesn't always, you know. And when Alcaraz has won the meetings they've been five setters stretched literally every single point hinging on who will win when Djokovic has won it's been a little more handily so until Alcaraz is able to take care of him that way Djokovic is still the play for me uh I think it'd be a shock for him not to come out of his quarter and a shock for him not to make the final um but you know strange things can happen at some point these guys all start to to seem old but, man, this guy seems robotic to me and with uh, not many hints of, of, of letting up. Now, he did have a little bit of a wrist injury, but I don't, I don't think that's going to bother him a whole lot there. He's so good at controlling, uh, you know, his body when he needs to and, and saving for when he needs to save. Uh, but Joker, far and away the guy to beat here. Uh, I, I really, it, you know, it's really a four, I, I think, a three-man race. But... Some people will tell you Yannick Sinner will have a chance. I, I don't agree with that. I don't think he can hold up physically against any of these guys. Alcaraz, um, obviously Joker, and Medvedev. Those are the three guys that I think are the only three guys in the men's side that could win this um, unless you get somebody that's just playing out of their mind. But you can still make money in other ways. You can get guys that come out of their quarter, upset their way through, uh, even to make their, their, their uh, quarter final. So that's, you know, that's what you got to be looking for here. Some some value plays. So a few guys. So I'm going with Joker as my pick to win it. Uh, that's probably not going to change, but I'll post all these. Daniel Medvedev, uh, the Russian, he's extremely good on on hard courts. I think he's the next best choice. Alcaraz at about three to one, okay, but I'll take Medvedev at eight to one. I don't think there's much difference to those two guys on a hard court. Medvedev could absolutely beat him on this surface. There's no question about it. Uh, a couple of guys, uh, longer shot guys. Uh, Saucer Zverev playing really well right now. Um, has a lot of injuries the last couple of years, but he's starting to really get some confidence back. And uh, this guy was really on the way. Him and Sitsipas were kind of like the, the fresh up and comers before Alcaraz stormed on the scene. Now, um, and, and Matteo Berrettini, who's been really, really hampered by injuries. But uh, Zverev is playing well enough that he can make a little bit of a run here. Now, I, I don't know. He He's... Sometimes he, he loses focus. He's not quite as bad as Sitsipas, but sometimes these guys just struggle to close out matches the way that, that Djokovic can, can get it done, even at his age now. But Zverev, if he's sharp, if he's on, um, I think he has a really good shot. So around 25 to 1 to win it all. But you can still get him at a pretty good plus price to win his quarter. Hopefully he's not matched up in Djokovic's quarter or Medvedev's quarter. I think he can get out of either the other two. Um, as I'm not even sure, I'm assuming that Sinner and, uh, Sinner and Alcaraz will be the top seeds in the other two, um, but we shall see. Uh, I also think Holger Rune, who's not quite progressed the way that I thought. I think he's still 
not quite there yet, but he's really, really talented. So keep an eye on him. He's about 26 to 1. He's going to end up winning a major at some point. Uh, I, I don't think there's any any doubt. And then a couple of guys that are just really, really good hardcore players, so you need to be aware. If they're playing against a guy who may be ranked much higher than them in the world and uh, you know you see him at a plus price, you may want to roll the dice on him um, as, as you come through these these individual matches. Uh, Huber Hercuse, or Harkaz, however you want to say it, he's 55-1 to win this. Don't think he can win it, but he's got a great serve, and he can absolutely make a, a deep run here. Uh, Grigor Dimitrov, he's really good. He's had some uh, exceptional performances on hard court as well. 90 to 1 to win it, but I think he can make a good run there. Ben Shelton, got to know him in the U.S. Open last year, the American. Uh, 40 to 1, I wouldn't play him to win it. I don't think he has any chance, but he could get hot and, and win some matches. And then Yuri Leheka, who's a really hard, good hard court player, 97 to 1. Um, I think he can win some matches as well with a really strong serve. Um, I was hoping that I could give Dominic Team a, a thumbs up here that he was trending in the right direction, but uh, it seems like he's kind of had another setback with his injuries. Um, he's going to play in this. He's 135 to one. Uh, it's just a shame because this guy, this guy would be battling Alcaraz right now as the the next best player other than than Joker. Uh, he won the one Slam in uh, in the U.S. Open a couple of years ago. Uh, and he's had an injury to his wrist that he's just never been able to get much traction on. So it's really a shame to see. Uh, hopefully he can get hot, so keep an eye on him, but 135 to 1. Uh, I wish I could throw a few dollars on him to to see if he could win it, but I just don't think he's in the form that he could be able to do it, uh, which is really kind of sad. So those are my picks on the men's side. Again, I will check tomorrow's bracket and be sure to uh, put those up on Thursday or Friday. I guess you'll, you'll have seen them by the time you watch this on Friday. They'll definitely be up. So, all right, flip it over to the women's. Uh, last year, we had uh, Arena Sabalenka to win this, so that was a good winner for us. She's about 5-1 to one right now to win it. Uh, and I don't I disagree that she's not favored here. I think it's kind of, to me, it's it's a little disrespectful. She's by and far and away uh, the best hardcore player along with Elena Rabakina. Uh, and, and Iga Sviatek, who's probably you know your top all-around player, your number one ranked player, I just don't trust her on hard surfaces. She can be beat by a lot of people. Uh, you've seen it in the U.S. Open. You've seen it in Australia. Uh, she's just not the same player as she is on grass and clay. So to me, it's not a knock on her. It's just that there's other girls that are better on this surface. So I will not be – I'll be fading Sviatek immensely. I'll be going against her in several matches. I'm not saying just blindly been against her. But uh, I will be going against her, no question about it. Uh, Coco Goff, uh, about eight and a half to one, nine to one. Elena Rabakina, seven and a half to one. And then you got Naomi Osaka returning at about 15 to one. Not sure her game is ready to win yet, uh, but she's talented. And if, she, if she's got her mind right, she could be, uh, you know, a, a thorn in someone's side here. Coco Goff, I'm not sure if she can follow it up after winning the emotional uh, U.S. Open back in the fall. Uh, she's got the game to do it. She's got the experience now to do it. Uh, and she took down Sabalenka. So no reason she can't make a run here. Uh, but it seems tough for these young people to be able to repeat performances like they have when you have everything line up perfectly for you in your home country and you're able to win. It's not as always as easy to do that in a different time zone and against you know different opponents in the, the heat of the summer in Australia. So, you know, it's, it's not... It's not really uh, it the, the best setup for her, but I, I do think she's dangerous, and I think she may be someone I look at in the quarter, depending on the quarter. So uh, check back at BLS underscore PRP for that. Uh, Sabalink is my pick to win it. Rabakina is the second choice. I know I hate to go with the favorites. I really do. But Sabalenka is just so good on, on these kinds of services. Rabakina, though, is is equally as good and, and could definitely beat her. She'll be someone that I'll eye up to win her quarter almost certainly. Uh, her game is just so steady. I was so impressed with her. She's just She's been so steady the last, like, three years, uh, just beyond imagination that a girl that's not really that old can can be, uh, you know, that consistent. It's really tough. Uh, Alina Svitolina. I think she is uh, worth a look, 38-1. to 1. She could be someone that I could maybe look at if she gets in a quarter with Sviatek. Maybe she's uh, one they want to take the, take a roll of the dice. Uh, Jesse Pegula, the American Buffalo Bills girl, 14.5-1. Uh, to 1. I don't know if she can win it, but I think she may be able to make some noise, at least get to the final eight, maybe to the quarters. Uh, we'll see, uh, or at least win her quarter. Uh, and then Ludmila Samsonova, she's thirty-six to one, young girl uh, starting to come into her own. She's uh, she's somebody I like. I'm not sure she's ready to win yet, 
So I probably won't take a shot with her to win it, but I think she could be a dangerous player in the quarter to at least make the round of 16 or the final eight, um, I think is uh, worth a look, and I'll be checking for some plus prices on her. Uh, and then kind of like the in the Dominic team's version of the women, you have a couple of interesting situations here. Uh, uh, you have Maria Sacri, the Greek, young Greek. I've talked about her before on here. She's so talented, just so, so talented. It's shameful that she's not been able to win. I feel sorry for her. She, she puts so much pressure on herself. She seems to be mentally just a wreck. I, I keep waiting for her to just take a year off because she just – uh, she always just says she's quitting. She doesn't. She doesn't enjoy the game. She gets so uh, just demoralized. Uh, it's weird that the, in the majors she really struggles mentally. Uh, in the off tournaments, she she can seem to get to the finals, win them. Uh, but these big tournaments, she just always has a situation where she's leading, total control of the match, and then a switch just flips, and the pressure gets through, and she falls apart. And uh, it's it's sad. She's thirty five to one to win this. She absolutely could win. She's that good. She's as good as anybody here. She she might be the most all-around physically talented girl in the entire circuit uh, with her, her quickness and her serve and everything that she can do, but just the mental game it always lets her down. So anyway, I'll probably sprinkle a little bit on her. Maybe if she gets a favorable draw, I'll try to uh, see if maybe we can get lucky and get her to the quarters. But every year I say it, every tournament I say it, it's just, you know, <laughs> I, I just can't full-heartedly back her. I want her to do well, but I, I just can't full-heartedly back her at this point. She's just too inconsistent and struggles with the pressure. Uh, Ali Tomjanovic, who is Australian, she's 240 to 1. Now, I'm not saying she could win this, but she's had some success on hard courts and could get some favorable draws and maybe she wins a few matches. So I think we keep an eye on her that maybe she could get to the final 16 or so. Uh, would be at a really good price because if you're 241 to win it, you're going to be still be a pretty hefty price to get down into the quarterfinals or so. So I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, so we'll keep an eye on her. She is the top Australian girl, I believe, uh, obviously with Ash Barty retiring a few years ago. Uh, they have a young girl named Arena Radanova who's actually Australian. Uh, or she was, I, I know obviously Russian descent, but she was, I don't know if she was born in Australia or she got the citizenship, but anyway, she uh, played her way to the, I think the finals of the, 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 the qualifier round and then she got beat. So I thought maybe she could be interesting uh, as a crowd favorite, but did not make it through. So anyway, that's a little rundown of the Aussie Open. Got a couple weeks of, of good, 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 uh, really actually not even good, great tennis coming up. Uh, I'm very excited about it. This, this really lifts my spirits during a, a just a time of the year where I just don't enjoy the content as much uh, on TV. Uh, basketball, uh, college is okay. Pro basketball, I don't, I, I can't stand it. Uh, and then the NFL will be littered with penalties and flags and controversy and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, you want to watch a refreshing sport? Pop on the Australian Open and enjoy it. All the picks will be available at the Pine Room Studios. BLS underscore PRP. All right couple of other reminders going on right now uh let's see actually let's do bad beats Bengals browns under 38 and a half last week it was 31 nothing cincinnati eight minutes to go in the game Browns scored twice in the last eight minutes they hadn't even moved the ball all day scored two times stick it right in your ear um so yep that was a tough one there uh there was a lot of large bets on michigan during the uh, during Monday, and that kind of worried me a little bit. It seemed like people kind of knew Michigan had a game plan that was going to foil uh, Washington. Um, and again, we said Washington had chances, but didn't work out. Four players in the Circus Survivor contest split $9.267 million. They get two point three apiece. Their final weeks, two guys had their final week picks were the Bengals for two guys, the Raiders for the other two guys. So pretty easy winners there. Congrats to those guys. It's an amazing job get to down to where four guys made it every single week of the NFL season. And then the circuit contest, Thanksgiving and Christmas are their own week. So you had 20 weeks of picks. That's just incredible. San Jose Sharks have lost 12 in a row. Uh, they're struggling right now again. They're really bad. We already knew that, but they're really slumping badly right now. Lost uh, 7-1 in Toronto last night. Uh, Canucks and Rangers, top teams in the NHL and ROI. So keep an eye on them. I mentioned them both earlier as teams to be checking out. Uh, all right, let's go over to uh, golf now. The Sony Open. We had a uh, had a pretty strong week in golf last week. Um, you know, it, it, 
it, we didn't have the winner. I, I, I really thought uh, the Sung JM was going to win that tournament. I, I was I was hopeful, uh, but our only guy that we gave out last week that, that didn't really uh, do much for it was Ludwig Auberg. So he was the only one. So if you check our golf picks out last week, if you played those picks, uh, we had uh, three guys in the top five and two in the top fifteen. So a strong start in golf. Uh, last week at the Century Tournament of Champions. This week we stay in Hawaii. We go over to Honolulu. This is Wailai Country Club for the Sony Open. And I got a few guys that I really like here. So my top play is actually going to be Corey Connors. He's 25 to 1. Plays well here. Putts well on this kind of grass. Uh, I think he could be dangerous. I also like uh, a couple of Englishmen. Terrell Hatton at around 18 to 1. And Justin Rose at around 35, 37. You'll be able to find some 40s on him. Uh, Rosie played pretty well in this in the last round um, of the tournament last week. Had a had a, a bad I think it was a second round, but he didn't play very well. But uh, his game's still pretty good. He's staying healthy. He had a strong season last year, and he won uh, early in the season last year. So I think uh, those are my top three picks. So that again, that's Corey Connors, uh, Terrell Hatton, and Justin Rose, and then a couple other guys that I like that I think I would mix in on some tickets. I'll probably bet all these guys to win at least a small amount, but. You should, uh, you know, tier your picks. So if you have a guy you like to win, you should put a little bit on him for a top five, a little on a top ten. Spread it around. You can go 75% of a unit on the top five uh, or a top 20, uh, and then, you know, f- uh, 50% on a top ten and, and whatever. However you want to do it to try to, to make the most uh, – what makes the most sense to you. But you can break it down to try to, you know, make it into an entire unit yourself. So normally when I give these out, if I give a guy a top 20 and a top uh, – and to win, I'll usually go um, like half a unit on each or whatever. So you break it down to where it's a, a unit played across the board. So however you want to do it, um, please feel free. If you have any questions, again, contact at thepineroompodcast.com or, uh, you know, direct ma- email us. Uh, or that's what I just said. Uh, message us. Direct message us on Twitter, BLS underscore PRP, or at the Pine Room Studios. Feel free. Uh, we'll be happy to answer those questions. Call us, call us on the show on the watchdog uh we would love to hear from you 304-214-1600 a number there um anyway back to the golf action like matt kuchar this week he's 50 to 1 to win it i think he could be a decent player for a top 15 top 10 maybe top 20 ryan moore his game's starting to come back he's had a couple years of bad injuries 135 to 1 not sure he can win this but i'll be taking a shot with him i think you can get pretty good numbers on him top 20 Maybe even a top 10. Russell Henley has played well over here in the past. He's about 21 to 1. Don't love that number for him to win, but I think he could be uh, a guy that I would think would be a top 10. Eric Cole had him last week playing pretty well, 28 to 1. Tyler Duncan's 165, 170 to 1. Uh, he'd be a top 20 lean for me. I think he's his game's good enough, but not quite good enough. Uh, Sahith Thigala, uh, he's a guy's getting a lot of attention. Played well last week. A lot of people picking him this week. Uh, I decided not to go with that, but you can still get him plus 170 in a top 20. That uh, would interest me, but Thigala's playing really well right now. His numbers across the board are as good as anybody's in the field, but 31 to 1, I, I don't love the number on him, but uh, I do think he'll play well. Ludwig Alberg was not very good last week, which is rare for him. He's usually very consistent. 16 to 1 this week, a uh, little low after a bad performance, but I still think he's a guy that could be in the mix here. I would look at him maybe for a top five. Vincent Whaley, 130 to 1, uh, another relative newcomer to the PGA Tour. Um, he, he's playing pretty well right now. His game is where it needs to be, and I think this course will suit him well. Uh, ben Coles, <coughs> 89 to 1 for him. Another guy, relative newcomer. Don't hear a lot about him, but. I uh, think he'll have a pretty good season. And Adam Svensson, who's played really well here. I believe he's top five year last year. He's definitely worth a peak at 45 to 1. Again, I'll post all these on our social media for the Sony Open. All right, that brings us to the grand finale. What everybody wants to talk about NFL football. Yippee, yippee, yippee. Here we go. So. Here's a couple of notes for the NFL as we enter into the Super Wild Card Weekend. The biggest dogs to make the playoffs from the beginning of the season. Houston 6-1 to to make the playoffs way back. And that was the one I was pretty proud to give out there. I gave you way back on this show. Uh, I think before we even did the official picks, I gave you out ones like well in advance. Three, if I remember correctly. The Ravens over their win total, which cashed. Number one seed in the AFC. Houston over their win total, which cashed easily. 
uh, winners of the AFC South, uh, now in the playoffs, obviously. And then the one that I didn't get right was the Packers. I did have the Packers under. Uh, they played a little better than I expected. So if you got those booked way, way, way back, um, I think you you did pretty well. Hopefully uh, I owed people after the, the NFL futures that we gave as a group. It was not pretty. But those were my very first three bets that I made way, way, way back in, the in I think, probably even in the spring last year. Very early summer, we gave you those ones. So hopefully you made those ones work. Again, Houston 6-1. to Tampa was 3-1. to The Rams and the Packers both plus 165 and the Steelers plus 150. Those were to make the playoffs numbers from the beginning of the season. Since the six wildcard format began in 2021, the Super Wild Cards, dogs are 10-8, and 55%, with five outright winners, while the overs are 11-7, 60%. So nothing... Nothing too lopsided in those. Um, one year it looked like a lot of overs. Next year it looked like a lot of unders. Dogs and favorites kind of split. But got to beware. It looks like every year there was one outright dog that did win. So see who that'll be this year. Uh, could be one of many. Uh, quarterbacks in their first playoff starts 27-50 and 50 since 2002. That's straight up 30-36-1 against the spread. So Again, you want to back these guys, but there were 27 guys that won, so it's hard for you to completely rule it out. If you really, really like one of these teams with the quarterback, you know, in the matchup you think is is favorable for them, uh, don't go off your gut. Definitely don't. Those are just numbers to uh, help you try to make a decision. Quarterbacks with playoff experience versus first-time playoff starters, 66.3%. The quarterback with the experience comes out on top in those. So basically six a little bit more than 6 out of 10 matchups. So uh, that's a good angle to lean on if you like somebody from that regard. Um, Bill Belichick, the hot commodity right now, uh, talking about him, whether he'll lead the Patriots, whether or not he's going to stay. I think there's nine vacancies now as Pete Carroll was the the most recent firing. He got fired right before uh, we came on here. He actually just got moved to a – front office advisory position, so that's a good way to phase the guy out of there. So he's out. Vrabel got canned the other day. So a couple surprises there. It's hard to hard to see where some of these guys will end up and then what Harbaugh's role in all this will be. But anyway, the Chargers are the favorites to get Bill Belichick two to one. Stay in New England three to one. Atlanta five to one. Washington six to one. So interesting stuff there. I hear some pretty guys, some pretty smart guys in the know that say that they think Washington is where he'll end up. But uh, I don't know. I think Bill would probably rather have some warm weather since he's been in New England, but maybe he just likes it because he's used to it. Uh, all right, so most bet teams in the wild card round so far, 70% of betters on Cleveland. That's a concern to me. 67% on the Rams. That's a concern to me. Philadelphia, 61%. I'm happy about that one because I like Tampa. Uh, Kansas City, 52 so that's about you know half, 58% on the Steelers and 55% on Dallas. So some of these games pretty pretty even. Pittsburgh obviously getting 10 most people sharp betters are even going to take that. So you're going to you're going to get 10 in a playoff game with bad weather. Uh, yeah, everybody's going to be on that. Houston is the first team to make the playoffs with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback since 2002 or 2012, I'm sorry. And that was in Indianapolis with uh I don't know if that is Andrew Luck and I don't know if his coach was Chuck Pagano or whoever it was, but yeah, since Indy uh so let's see here. Purdy, Brock Purdy, Mark Sanchez, Joe Flacco all won two games in the playoffs their rookie season. So that kind of goes against that number we saw up above of the 27 and 50. Those guys were one of the 27s or three of the 27s. No rookie's ever taken his team to a Super Bowl victory. Rookie QBs in the first start 10 and 19. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's tricky to navigate how this will work for these guys, but uh, you know, it, it is possible, that's for sure. So, anyway, enough of that. Let's get on to the action. It is the first game of the weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend. It'll be on Saturday, and it's the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans. Houston seems to always play in this spot um, just for years. Even Bill O'Brien was a coach. seemed like they always played the early Saturday game. Cleveland minus 2.5, 3-ish on the road, depending on where you got the number right now. Total 44.5. I like this game under. I know a lot of people were thinking this is going to be an over game, uh, that the 
Texans are going to uh, surrender the the pass, you know, the Mari Cooper yards and catches like they like he did the last time. I, I think Houston will be a little bit more game plan for this. D'Amico Ryan's is a defensive guy. I think they'll do everything they can do to slow Cooper down. So that means that the Browns will have to throw underneath a little bit more. I think Njoku could have a good game. I think the Browns will run the ball a little bit more. I think uh, Stefanski is going to try to use some play action. He's got Flacco to, to manage this. But I think you'll see a little bit more of an effort to run the ball for the Browns uh, this week. And I think that will lend to the under in the game. I lean Cleveland in the game. I think they're a tad bit better with a little bit more experience. But uh, I don't like that the public's on them. And uh, Houston is good enough to win this game. And that, that's for sure uh, without question. But the Browns are a team that I think – uh, if they can get momentum going in these playoffs, I think they can win a Super Bowl. Uh, and, and that's that's not – I don't think I'm overstating that. I think they're a legitimate contender with the defense they have. I think their defense will play well, even though they haven't played well on the road. This is a playoff game. Everything's different. So, uh, lean Browns, but like the under in that one. The nightcap on Saturday. This is on Peacock only, so get your streaming devices ready. you got to go on a streaming device. Sadly so. Even at the casino, we got st- – Creaming devices we got to use for it's ridiculous but anyway uh in the local markets of miami and kansas city it will be on their local nbc so that's at least nice um however the chiefs minus four in the game total 44 it's going to be absolutely freezing it's going to be minus five minus ten whatever you want to call it it's going to be absolutely frigid uh the dolphins are a mess defensively right now they've had to bring linebackers in off the street bruce irvin and uh who else did I see? Melvin Ingram, and then there was another one too. Uh, uh, Justin Houston, I think. But guys who were used to be pretty good playoff performers, all kind of old now, brought them all in this week. They are decimated uh, defensively at linebacker. Um, it's going to be minus temperatures. That's a problem for a team from South Florida. Uh, they got injuries. Waddles hurt. Mostert's hurt. A lot of guys hurt on defense, as I said. Tua in the cold, Tua against a good defense with a good up-the-middle pass rush. I I don't like this at all for the Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins came and and gave a great effort on the road last year at Buffalo. They really did. Uh, Tyreek Hill back at his old place. I mean, he could could go off, no question about it, but this is going to be kind of Tua close your eyes and throw it and just hope he gets it because that's really the only way they can stay in this game. We'll see if they can run the ball at all on the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs defense is pretty solid. I think the people will be ready for this game. Um, I like Kansas City here. It's probably my favorite bet of the weekend. I like this game under 44. And I like this game under in the first half, too. 21 and a half. Um, The Chiefs' offense has not really been very good either. Uh, They get Mikkel Hardman back, which is really big. I think that'll be a good security blanket for Mahomes along with Kelsey. So uh, maybe they will snap out of it. But I think this game, to me, is probably going to be something like 17-3 at halftime. Uh, so that would get you, you know, safely under the 21 and a half. Um, but uh, I'm going Chiefs. I'm going under, and I'm going under in the first half in that game. Sunday's action, Pittsburgh at Buffalo, another game where the weather could impact. It's going to be incredibly cold with the wind chill. could be 50-mile-an-hour winds. Snowing on Friday night, they say. Snowing on Saturday night, they say. Will it still snow on Sunday? We don't know yet. Um, this really lends itself to the Steelers uh, being able to uh, – Hang in this game. Total open 38.5, down down to 36. Bills laying 10 in the game. I can't lay 10. I can't lay 10 in a pro game, in a playoff game, when you got, uh, I know it's a backup quarterback, but you have a, a, a franchise that doesn't seem to get blown out a whole lot. Now, the Bills are the much better team to me, but Bills are inconsistent to me. Uh, they Josh Allen is awesome. I think he's really good, but he makes a lot of mistakes, but you got to live with that because he makes a lot of great plays too. Um, I like the Bills in the game. I think they'll win the game, but it would not surprise me if somehow this game is closer than it should be, and the Steelers, they have a way of eking out wins and doing crazy stuff, so it wouldn't really shock me if they won, uh, but I'm leaning Buffalo. I'm on the under already. I bet at 38.5 on uh, Monday morning. Uh, if you want in the, on the under, you better get on it now. It's 17.5 in the first half. I'd lean to the under of that too because if it's 50-mile-an-hour wins, they're not going to be able to do a whole lot. Um, other than run the ball. But I would say this, if you're going to play some props in the game, um, I think with 50-mile-an-hour wins, I think it's almost a guarantee Josh Allen will score, uh, run one in himself. Uh, And then the tight end position, which if they're able to throw, um, Buffalo's got two pretty decent tight ends, Kincaid and Knox. um, Steelers have really struggled against tight ends. So maybe that's a matchup to look for in your same-game parlays. But 
maybe uh, tease this game up to about 42 or 3 and then match it up with an Allen touchdown and maybe one of the tight ends for the Bills to score or go over their yards or the receptions. Um, but if you got to check the weather because if it's 50 miles an hour, it's going to be really hard to complete a pass uh, because you're just not going to know when those gusts are going to go. So if you get it, it's going to be stuff that's going to get out quick. So you may see some tight end screens and stuff, so it, still should, it could still be okay. So uh, monitor accordingly, and uh, I'll put on all these finalized plays of mine and anything that needs to be adjusted because of weather on our uh, Twitter or X page, BLS underscore PRP at the Pine Room Studios. Middle game on Sunday, Green Bay and Dallas. This was on Fox 430. Dallas minus 7.5, total 50.5. Mike McCarthy hosts his former team, uh, who has kind of been a little bit of a surprise, but they're just inconsistent, the Packers. I don't think Matt LaFleur is a very good coach. Jordan Love's played up and down this year. He's looked very good at times. He's looked very accurate. And then other games, uh, the game against the Giants, he was absolutely dreadful. He couldn't. Can he look like Michael Penix in the championship game? Total 50.5 on this game. Uh, I like the under in this game. I think uh, Green Bay will run the ball a lot here. Uh, I think they'll be able to run it a little bit. I think Aaron Jones will be a huge factor in this game. I think he would be a guy I would include in a lot of my fantasy plays or props. Um, I think he'll touch the ball a, a zillion times, and he should. Jaden Reed as well. They'll try to get him involved as much as they possibly can. It would not surprise me if, if Green Bay – if Green Bay had a better coach – I think they have a really good chance of winning this game. I just don't trust Matt LaFleur, and I don't trust Jordan Love. Uh, but you can't trust Mike McCarthy because I think Jair Alexander, if he shadows C.D. Lamb, I'm not saying he can shut him down because Lamb's arguably the best receiver in the league right now, but uh, he can slow him down a little bit. And Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, big stage at home. They, they should win this game. It's a home game. I mean, come on. But we've seen this time and time again. And I think if they lose this game, I think McCarthy's gone, like the next day. He may not even make it home. Uh, Jerry Jones even hinted to that the other day. So, uh, to me, this is a must win for Dallas. It's it's either that or they're just blowing up the whole team. Um, you got Dan Quinn with a one foot out the door. Apparently, he's the front runner for the Seattle uh, job. He's the D coordinator. Stuff like that worries me if I'm a Dallas fan. Now, I have no faith that Dallas will go any further than maybe this game because I just don't see it happening. But they will host somebody next week. But if they got to host the Rams or someone, they'll get beat. Uh, but it won't surprise me if the Packers, I would lean the Packers in the 7.5. But, again, I really don't like Matt LaFleur. I think he's just not a very good coach. Uh, so that would worry me. So I lean Green Bay, but I definitely like the under 50.5. I think Green Bay will play this game very, very tight. Uh, they do not want this game to get in an up-and-down uh, affair. That's the last thing they'll want. So uh, even LaFleur would know that. So under, under, under on that one. The final game of the night on Sunday, Los Angeles Rams, Detroit Lions. Matt Stafford returns home. Lions minus 3.5, total 51.5. A lot of pressure on the Lions here. They Not only did they get their all-time great quarterback coming back, he's won a Super Bowl since then. They have not done anything in Detroit until this year since he's left pretty much all-time. Um it's, it's it's tough because I got want to be hopeful that the Lions can win this game because I know Lion fans and want them you know it's, it's exciting when the Lions are good they they've been a team that people have uh, been fans of for so long and have just struggled with all the misery kind of like the Browns but uh, the Lions just this is a really tough spot man it's Stafford is uh, is going to come in there the Rams are playing really really well they got just like a surgical offense right now defense can be had though so. My play in this game is the over. I think this will be one of the higher-scoring games of the week, if not the highest-scoring game of the week. Um, I think there's points to be had here from both teams. Both teams' defenses are vulnerable. I think Detroit's got a big advantage in special teams if they can capitalize on it. The Rams have been awful in special teams. A lot of blunders in that area for them this year. Uh, but they played well. They've shown they can go on a road to Baltimore. They almost beat Baltimore there. So they can win games. So. I want to my my brain says the Rams are the play, but the public is very very heavy on the Rams, so that makes me be a little guarded. Uh, if I get less than three, I may take the Lions, but my the only play that I know I'm making in this game is the game over the total 51, uh, 51, 51 and a half. I'd play it over either one of those. If it goes down, I need to play it even more. It's indoors, two offenses that are pretty good. Now Sam Laporta not probably not playing is a huge loss for them, uh, but uh, I still think. St. Brown's good enough that he can, you know, kind of lead them from receiving side of things. And uh, uh, you had Raymond step up last week and, uh, you know, a couple of their guys. And, and the two backs that Detroit has, both can catch the ball and both uh, have done a really nice job. So 
Rams aren't a great, as great a defense as they were when they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. So they're vulnerable, and that's why I think this is an over, over, over play for me. And then the final finale, Monday night football, 8-15 ESPN, Philadelphia Eagles, Tampa Bay Bucks, Philly now up to three on the road, total 44. I got to tell you, I don't, I'm not somebody that overreacts too much to these to these games in the NFL, but something doesn't look right with Philadelphia, and it hasn't for a few weeks. It looks like an issue, an internal problem. Um, confidence level, uh, questioning play callings and strategies. It just doesn't seem like this team is in sync. It seems like this team is stunned that they just fell apart after being 11-1 and one or whatever they were. Uh, so... I, I just can't play points on the road here. I think uh, I see why Philly has to be favored in the game. I get it. Uh, it's Baker Mayfield against a, a team that's roster is so much better than Tampa's. It's not even close. But Tampa um, is playing hard right now. They're winning games ugly, which is a good sign for teams going into the playoffs. Now, they didn't play much last week. But they're winning some games in ugly ways, uh, although that game at Green Bay was just uh, an incredibly nice win for them. So, uh I just, I think this team, I got to say, I think that the Bucks are a little bit dangerous here. I think catching three at home, a very, very good spot for them. I like the over in this game. I think the Buccaneers are going to score points. I don't know who's going to cover Mike Evans here in Godwin. Like, I don't know. I mean, who can cover him? Philadelphia has given up points for fun to the Giants, the worst receiving core in the NFL, uh, with Tyrod Taylor at the helm. So if Mayfield's even halfway healthy and he can get some protection uh, I, I think Tampa's live in this game. I think Philadelphia right now is looking in the mirror saying, what in the hell is going wrong with us? And I don't know if they're going to be able to fix it this fast. There's a lot of pressure on them. It's a tough city to be uh, you know, struggling in. Now, one break they do get is that they're playing on the road. If this game was at home, you know, as much as you would say you know, Tampa, cold weather, whatever, it wouldn't be good. But Philadelphia is definitely feeling the pressure. They're probably very happy to be on the road this week. Uh, and maybe get a little momentum for themselves uh, going forward. I wouldn't count Philly out, but I, I something just seems way off to me, and I'm not sure they can fix it in time. So I'm going to lean Tampa in the game, probably play Tampa if it's three or three and a half, and I'm definitely going on the over in that game. So that's the rundown of the NFL wild card weekend, super wild card weekend that is, and uh, should be an exciting Exciting week. As I said, we got tennis starting up. We got golf. We got, uh, obviously, you got NBA, NHL, college hoops in full swing. So lots of action. Uh, be sure and check us out on the Watchdog on Friday. Flip it on right now if you're listening. Probably be doing uh, Nailing It Down or one of the cool segments that we have on there. Getting ready for the Nailers to come back to town after uh, taking one out of three down in, in uh, to Orlando. Taking on the Solar Bears, which is a really good team. And then they'll be home for two this week against Indy and Kalamazoo uh, for one and uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So get on out to the Nailers. Check them out. We appreciate their partnership. They've done a wonderful job. Uh, we've had a really, really good time. And uh, tune in for Nailing It Down on Friday while on the Watchdog. We talk for the Nailers an entire segment about what's going on with the team, roster moves, everything that's going on with the opponents coming up on the weekend uh, and uh, who's trending in the right direction. Also talk about the promotions and all the other cool stuff. we got a Frosty Friday you got the Super Nailers World on Saturday, which is a spinoff of the Nintendo-era Mario Brothers stuff. It's going to be a really cool event. So stop on down West Banco. Check that out. It should be a really fun time. Um, yeah, and listen to us on The Watchdog this week and next week as we got plenty of great stuff happening. Check us out, Pine Room Studios, everywhere you can find your podcasts and uh, on YouTube as well. Um, like us, uh, give us some thumbs up, give us some feedback. Tell us what you think of Better's Last Stand, Soup and Stuff, the regular podcast, and all the things that we do uh, separately, radio show, all that kind of stuff. So, again, thanks to our sponsors, IC Cab, Jill's Gentleman's Club, Gumby's, for everything they've done for us for our Football Fridays uh, on the radio. It was awesome and really fun times with all them. we got plenty more coming your way from the Pine Room. Uh, lots of excitement, lunch madness, as I said, right around the corner. It's going to be really fun. We have a new show called The Briefing Room, which Chubb and I are incredibly excited about. Um, that'll probably start um, sometime after football season. We're, we're in the infancy stage of it. It's going to be conspiracy theories and uh, very detailed breakdowns of uh, provocative uh, you know, cases and things uh, that we think uh, – and our, our own opinions, I, sh I should say, uh, of how or who we think was either the culprits in these things or what exactly happened here. Uh, we have a lot of great cases that we're going to explore and uh, get
give you some um, different insight if you're into that kind of stuff, into history, into uh, just conspiracy theories, period. Whether it's uh, extraterrestrial stuff, whether it's stuff that's happened in, within our own government uh, and things that have happened all over the world, whether supernatural or whatever, um, we're going to we're going to cover it all. So. Um, it's, uh, it's going to be a fun one and we're looking forward to it. So anyway, that'll do it here for us. Better's last stand show number 69. I guess not us, just me, but, uh, we'll be back next week. Talk about the wild card playoffs, the second round of the divisional playoffs. And, uh, we still have a few more weeks of football. So if you're interested in getting on Super Bowl boards, Warwood Vets definitely has some available. So stop on down to the Vets Club and get on if you show, so choose. Uh, again, tune in on the Watchdog. Thanks to IC Cab. We will see you next week on Better's Last Stand. Enjoy the weekend. Good luck on all your bets. Check us out on Twitter, BLS underscore PRP at the Pine Room Studios for all your updated information, the latest plays, and news in the Pine Room. We will see you next week on Better's Last Stand. Have a great weekend.